Hi, this is Denna Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling, where we explore the lives of people who've been called to various types of ministries in their churches and in their communities. And today, we are here with Pastor Christian Smith from Cookville First Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Cumberland Presbyterian Church is located on 10th Street. Is that right, Christian? That's right. We're right across the street from Pelican Snowballs. Excellent. And uh, next to Mullins Vision, is that correct? Correct. Christian is the uh, lead pastor there, and he wants to share with you their worship times. They have worship at 8.45 in the morning and 11 o'clock in the morning. You are also invited to join them for Sunday school at 9.45. They would love to have you for dinner at 5.15 on Wednesday nights with classes for all ages to follow. Introducing you to local church and community leaders, The Calling. So welcome, Christian. We are so glad that you're here on The Calling today. I'm interested that a man with the name of Christian would grow up to be a pastor in the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. Where did you? Where were you born, Christian? And I was born in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro. Well, I, okay. I, I spent most of my life in Murfreesboro. Okay. And I am the oldest of five boys. My name's Christian, and then I have a brother Matthew, a brother Jeremiah, a brother Joseph, and a brother Joshua. What about that? Uh, my dad was a minister. That as was well. my next question. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, we we got a good church background growing up. Yeah, absolutely. Five boys. Yeah, five boys, all big boys, big grocery bills. Wow, I can't imagine buying shoes for all those boys. Yeah, my 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 dad always wanted us to be a basketball team. There you go. My grandmother always wanted us to be a quartet and a piano player. Yes. <laughs> My, my grandmother got her wish far more than my dad ever Is that did. right? Okay. Well, you have a strong family raising all those boys. That's a big job. Yes. What was your favorite part of growing up? Did you play basketball? I get that question every day. Really? Uh, well, I'm six and a half feet tall, so yeah. I get that question a lot. And no, I did not. Uh, okay. When I, when I was in school, I was really skinny and really clumsy. So yeah. I had musical talent. Uh, Very so nice. What do you play? I played the tuba. Uh, in school, uh, uh, played it all through middle school, high school, and college. Uh, got a oh, music scholarship wow. for it. So, really, that's yeah. amazing. Where did you go to college? Went to well, I started at Austin P. Okay, yeah. Uh, kind of messed that up with. You did. Yeah, Life partied, a little, partied a little bit too much in college, and that happens. Uh, wound up having to go back several years later and graduated from Bethel University oh, in okay. West Tennessee. Good for you. What was your degree in? I got my degree in organizational management. Okay. Well, that's great for a pastor. It is. It so is. are any of your other brothers pastors also? No, I'm the only one that is a pastor. Okay. Uh, a couple of them are teachers. So they, they all do ministry in their own way. I'm right. just the only one that has the pastoral ministry. Wow. What did your dad think when you went into uh, pastoral ministry? Did he say, yeah, that's great? Or did he say, son, let me tell you how it really works? Well, he was very excited for me. My dad, uh, and I don't say this in a negative light whatsoever, my dad worked a secular job six days a week. Right. And then on Sundays, we would travel an hour uh, to go to church on Sunday mornings where he would preach. And that is mainly what he did as far as being a pastor. He would do some visits on Sunday afternoons with folks and he, you know, he'd do funerals and that kind of thing. But he did not, he was not a full-time pastor, and he didn't get to be in the community very much. Right, right. 
So um, from your perspective now, what's it like being a full-time pastor as opposed to what you saw growing up? I love being a full-time pastor. It yeah. has its uh, its difficulties. It has its trials. And, of course, not having a pastor, so to speak, growing up, just having my father as a preacher, right. I didn't really see what a pastor did. So I kind of had to make some of it up on my own. On the fly. But I love getting the opportunity to be there with people, to spend time with people, to be there for them in their moments of need, to, to be welcomed into their families is an awesome experience. I'm trying to think of what it must have been like at the holidays with five brothers. What was your house like? It, it was always wild, yeah. and it still is. Are you close in age, the five brothers? Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, my, my parents will tell you they kept trying to have a girl, Yeah. and when the boys started coming two at a time, they decided to stop. Oh, wow. My youngest two brothers are twins. Okay. And we're all within about six years of each other. Okay. Yeah. So uh, holidays are always wild. They still are. We had them all over for Christmas and That's to our great. house, and there were 20-something of us all running around, and now all the grandkids. And So it, it's a good time. It's That's good amazing. Time. That's wonderful. What were you like as a child? My brothers will tell you that I was the perfect little child. I oh. was the parents' favorite. I was the one that didn't make mistakes. Is that true? No, no. <laughs> that's just that's just what they'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> but it is far from true. I was a I was a decent child. I, I was I, I made I made pretty good grades. I did most of what I was asked to do. But I, I, I had my I had my moments too. Did you ever want a little sister? I don't know that I ever did. I, I I probably would have been better off as an only child. I like to be <laughs> on my brothers a little bit sometimes. Oh, I cannot imagine all those boys in one house. It, it's a it, lot of boys. It was wild. Yeah, your mom is a strong woman. <laughs> she is. Absolutely. She is. Absolutely. So um, you enjoyed playing music. Did you ever sing? I, I Yes, some. <laughs> I, I sing a lot. I sing a lot with my brothers growing up, and I'll sing some with choirs now. Uh I, I, the only time I really sing in church by myself yeah. is typically for our Good Friday service. I will sing Were You There? Because we do a tenebrae service where we turn off all the lights. Yeah. And I wait until all the lights are off and nobody can see me. And then I will sing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm a fairly shy individual, so I don't like people looking at me when when it comes to singing. That's a powerful moment, though. Yes, it um, is. On Good Friday when you are observing the cross and um, the lights are out, and you're you're living in darkness yes. for that moment. Wow, it's fantastic. That's powerful. It's one of my favorite services of the year. Yeah, that's powerful, Christian. Well, we're going to take a short break. I'm Dana Hornby. You're listening to the Calling, and we'll be back in a moment. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. We're here today with Reverend Christian Smith. He's the pastor at Cookville First Cumberland Presbyterian Church, located on 10th Street. And Christian, you were telling us about your childhood, and I uh, was sort of giving you a hard time about having the name Christian and being a pastor, but how did that happen? How did a little boy whose daddy worked a secular job, was a a part-time preacher, uh, hear this call to be in ministry and then to be a a pulpit pastor, real really busy pulpit pastor. I, you know, I can't tell you the moment I I remember receiving my call. I know I was around 13 years old when I first recognized the fact that 
that's what God wanted me to do. And I remember thinking God was out of God's mind. Yeah. Uh, and I, 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 I resisted that call for quite a while. And around 15 years old, I finally decided, well, God, if that is really what you want me to do, I'm going to make the deal that you're not supposed to make with God. And I said, yeah, you give me the one clear sign and I'll do it. And God obviously said, challenge accepted. Right. Uh, and I went to church Sunday or two later. And it was a very small church that we went to. The youth group consisted of really me and my brothers and two other kids. We went to Sunday school that morning and my Sunday school teachers decided that for the first time ever, we were going to have a youth Sunday at church and the youth were going to be in charge of the service. And she looked at me and said, and Christian, I'd like you to consider doing the message that morning. And I considered that to be God's clear sign to me. So I, I, preached that service, and in that, I surrendered uh, to the ministry. Uh, and I spent the next several years traveling around to churches in that denomination, preaching on Sunday nights, preaching on Wednesday nights. On occasion, I'd fill in Sunday morning for someone. Uh, and I wound up at 19 years old, being ordained for the first time. Uh, wow. I've actually been ordained twice. Right. Uh, ordained to the ministry for the first time. And then after I messed up college life a little bit, uh, my wife and I, I got married to my wife and she helped me get my life back together. And they offered me a job uh, as an associate pastor at a church in Gallatin and had a good time serving there for a little while and then kind of had a falling out with the pastor. And uh, we didn't see eye to eye on some theology and uh, wound up leaving that denomination. Thought I was leaving the ministry, just to be perfectly honest. Uh, and then a couple of weeks later was Easter. My grandparents' church, which is located right outside of Murfreesboro in a community called Rockvale, was without a pastor, needed someone to preach on Easter, so they called me. Uh, and I went to preach at the Rockvale Cumberland Presbyterian Church for that Easter Sunday morning. And after the service, some of the elders came up to me and said, you're going to be here next week too, right? And that continued for a year and a half. And Wonderful. I was their interim minister, went to, became their youth minister once they hired someone. Uh, they supported me while I was in seminary, went to seminary in Memphis. Uh, and then I went to preach at a church in McMinnville to be their pastor. And it was there that I was ordained for the second time, ordained as a Cumberland Presbyterian, church, Cumberland Presbyterian minister, moved to Chattanooga for a few years, and then uh, about five and a half years ago, I came here as the associate pastor of the Cookville Church. Uh, their pastor has had been here for 40 years as the pastor and had announced his retirement, so they brought me in as the associate with the intention of moving me to a, to the senior pastor once he retired. And My wife and child and I have loved Cookville. Isn't it amazing, Cookville? We, we love it. We love our congregation. It is a great opportunity. The opportunity for ministry, and I think the feel of a small town, um, having that connection, uh, makes ministry very fruitful and meaningful. It is. And while it's a small town, this is probably the largest church, not probably, this is the largest church I've pastored, and it gives us more opportunity to have influence in the community for good, to, to bring bring about some healing and some hope to people. So I'm enjoying, I, we're, we're loving Cookville. That's great. 
you started very young. Yes. Exceptionally young. Yes. Do you remember what you preached your first sermon on? What was your scripture? I I could not tell you. I can tell you my congregation wishes I would preach that one again because I can remember it was about six and a half minutes long. Oh, wow. Uh, so, uh, but I, I can't, it was, it was about calling, but I can't remember what it was. Can't remember a thing about it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, now that you've been preaching for a while, do you have a favorite book of the Bible or a favorite scripture? Growing up, I have always loved the book of Romans. Yeah. Especially the first couple of verses of the 12th chapter. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, I beseech you, therefore, brother, and by the mercies of God, grew up with a King James background. Yeah. To present your bodies a living sacrifice. Uh, and don't be don't be conformed, be transformed. I love that imagery. And now as a Cumberland Presbyterian, I, I, I love John 316 because we are, we are very much a whosoever will church. Sure, I, I yeah. Love that. I love that too. Yeah, that's wonderful. So as you look to the future in terms of being a pastor, where where do you see yourself being? I hope I'm in Cookville for quite a while. <laughs> we hope you're in Cookville too. I, I, I love it here. I, I love the growth uh, that's happening, some in numbers, but more importantly, it's happening in spirituality and in service and in love of one another in our congregation. And I want to help to see that continue to thrive i had a a friend years ago who said i don't remember uh, the first time i was called but i remember the last time it was this morning right and god is always calling us right and sometimes that call is um new and different every day it it is it the the pastorate is not a boring job when people ask me what i do I, I can honestly tell them it's something different every day, and oftentimes I have no idea what I'm going to run into when I go to work that morning, right. and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, yeah. So we want to invite you again to join Christian at Cumberland First Presbyterian Church. Their worship is at 845 and 11 on Sunday mornings with Sunday school at 945. Wednesday night begins with dinner at 515, and then they have classes for all ages starting at 6. We're going to take a short break. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Call. You're listening to The Calling. I'm your host, Dana Hornby, and we're here this morning with Reverend Christian Smith from Cookville First Cumberland Presbyterian Church. And Pastor Christian would like to share a motivational moment with you. So when I have the opportunity, I really enjoy going fishing. It's relaxing for me to sit in my kayak and float on the river or to sit by the river and to try and catch a few fish. And to be perfectly honest, fishing is a new hobby to me. Uh, I had never gone fishing until about five years ago when a friend drug me to the river to, to do that. And on my first trip to the river, to my first opportunity to fish, I went full of confidence. I had never gone fishing before, but... I had attended church all of my life, and I was confident that the church had taught me everything I needed to know to be prepared for that moment. After all, when we read the scriptures and we hear about Jesus calling his disciples, Andrew and Peter, he tells them, follow me and I will make you fishers of people. And we as the church say that that is what we want to do is be fishers of people. So, That day I figured 
being fishers of people and fishers of fish couldn't be that different. So on my first fishing trip, I went with everything I needed to follow the example of fishing that I had learned from the church. But to be honest, I really didn't think I was going to need a whole lot. Because see, a few days before I went on that fishing trip, I put an ad in the newspaper. And I told the fish exactly where I was going to be, exactly what time I was going to be there. I told them that they were all welcomed there on the bank. I told them that if they'd come, I had all kinds of fun activities for them to do. So you can imagine my surprise when I walked up to the river that day and there were no fish sitting there waiting for me on the bank. I was discouraged, but that wasn't the only thing the church had taught me about fishing. So I thought I'd try something different. I got all my materials together, and right there on the bank, I built myself a really fancy sign. But it didn't matter what kind of catchy or amusing little phrase I put on that sign. The fish were still unwilling to jump up there on the shore with me. I was flabbergasted. It didn't matter how many ads or flyers I made. It didn't matter how many posts I put on social media. It didn't matter how many fancy or how fancy my website was. Nothing I did seemed to get those fish on the shore. And then I looked over at the buddy who had brought me, who obviously thought I was out of my mind, and I saw him doing the craziest thing. He had this stick in his hand, and out of this stick was this line. And on the other end of the line, he said he liked to put hooks with worms or maybe crickets. And sometimes he'd put a fishing lure that looked like a fish and had a hook on it. And he'd take those things and he'd throw them out in the river where the fish were. Because those things were meant to attract the fish. So as crazy as that seemed, I started to follow his example and the strangest thing happened. Eventually, after some work, when I was throwing my lure out where the fish were, I was able to catch fish. I've never once had a fish jump up on the shore with me. I've only had success when I put my lure out in the water. The world we live in today needs us to be fishers of people. The world needs the church to be making a difference. The world needs the church to share with them the freedom that we have through Christ. We live in a deeply divided world where people are excluded, where people are mistreated, and where people are neglected so easily. We live in a world where people seem to be disposable. And that world needs the church to share with them the hope that we have. They need the church to let them know that they are loved by God and that they are loved by us, no matter who they are, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done. But we can't do that simply from the safety of our sanctuaries. We cannot sit in our pews and hope that the world will change. Instead, we need to take the things that we have learned from our communities of faith out into our communities. We need to take our message of love and compassion 
out into the world and spread it liberally. We need to go out into the world and follow the advice of St. Francis, who says, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. When we step out the doors of the church and work to make a difference in the lives of people in need, only then can the church truly call themselves fishers of people. Thank you, Christian. I'm Dana Hornby, and you're listening to The Calling. I'm Dana Hornby. You're listening to The Calling, and we're back with Christian Smith from Cumberland First Presbyterian Church here in Cookville. And Christian, this is our last segment of the show. It's my favorite segment of the show because I get to ask you all sorts of questions, and and you have to answer them. So good luck, man. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) There, There is some grace. Uh, you get a free pass on one, or you get to plead the fifth. What, what, whatever works for you. Okay, so you ready? I'm ready to give it a shot. Okay, so is there a song? What song is there that when you hear it, you must sing along? Oh man, I do have an 11 year old child, uh, Maggie. Hey, Maggie. So. so uh, she loves her Disney songs and her show tunes, so if she has those, I have to sing along with them. But okay. When I'm so driving which down, Disney song? Just give uh, us well, a she she's going to be in the production of Mary Poppins at oh, Prescott, nice. so she's we're all in the Mary Poppins right now. Yes, any Mary Poppins song. Gotcha. But if I'm driving down the road by myself, uh, I like to listen to Jason Isbell, okay. uh, and he has a song song, especially a song called "If We Were Vampires," and uh, I sing that one a lot. You sing it loud. Yeah. I don't know about loud, yeah. uh, but it's a it's a deeply emotional song, so Got that it. one's a hard one to sing loud. It's on your playlist. Oh yes, oh yes. All right, all right. So, uh, second question: What weird food combinations do you enjoy? I don't know that I have any weird food combinations. Do you have a favorite food? Oh, shrimp and grits. Well, that's a weird combination, See, brother. <laughs> I, that was almost the one I threw out. But it is not weird. It is fantastic. <laughs> I've it never is... understood the grit thing. What is a grit? <laughs> I don't think there is such a thing as a grit, but uh It's just a It's just a wonderful southern dish. Big blob you of put, like mashed you put up corn. Cheese in there and it, it's fantastic. I can't tell you exactly what it is besides good. Okay. Excellent. Do you put pineapple on your pizza? I do not. Yeah. I do not. What's your favorite pizza? My favorite pizza is all the meats. Oh, yeah. Meat lovers. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a big old boy. I need my meat. Yeah. You need your protein. Yes. It's important to have protein. <laughs> yes. Build your muscles. Yes. Is Maggie like that with you? She eats oh, yeah. meat oh, lovers yeah. pizza? Yeah. yeah. As long as I don't put mushrooms on it, she's happy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Christian, do aliens exist? Oh, that is a dangerous question. That is a dangerous question. <laughs> Which is precisely question. why I asked it. I know. You know, God is God, and God can do what God wants to do. And God this is, is big. The whole lot of space out there we don't know about. So I think, I think the the possibility is certainly there. Would you uh, invite an invitation? Would you offer an invitation to get to know an alien? 
Well, I've watched enough movies that I know that can be dangerous. Yeah, right. I think I already have. Like, I'm pretty (laughs) sure there are a couple of aliens in my life already. And, you know, we seem to get along fine. (laughs) Well, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I I said earlier, whosoever will. So that has to include aliens as well. Martians, welcome. Yes. Everybody's welcome. Okay. So, Christian, if, if there were a movie of your life, who would play the role of Christian Smith? Well, I, you know, I'd love to say some fantastically handsome actor, but uh, I don't think that would necessarily be fitting. Well, yeah. So, sure I, you know, if I'm going to be honest, I, I'm going to imagine myself slightly older. Okay. And I'm going to say either Harrison Ford or Tom Hanks because I love those two. You can't go wrong with either one of you those. You can't go wrong. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to go with Harrison Ford for you. Okay. I yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. I he is too. a little taller. So. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and and I I can see there's a little bit of resemblance. I'm just going to give you that too. Well, I will take it. Yeah. Okay. So who would it. play Maggie? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Who's a small actress with red hair? Uh, hmm. <laughs> I, I I don't know enough young act younger actresses yeah. to be able to answer that question. I can tell you who she would want to play her. Who would it be? And that would be Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, she is all into Friends course. lately, so she would love for Jennifer Jennifer Aniston to play her. Well, that's great. And I, I bet Jen would do it too. Yeah, absolutely. She's a fascinating little girl. I can't imagine. Not I love that. To be and your wife, Jody. <sighs> Who would play Jody? Some gorgeous, yes. smart, wonderful actress. Absolutely. Yeah, Sandra Bullock. Sure, Jody loves Sandra Bullock. So I, like I like Sandra that Bullock too. Thank you. We're for just going to go with that. We're going to okay. go with that. Yeah. All right. You're welcome, Jody. Okay, um, let's see. Oh, wow, we're down to our last question. Sweet. You haven't even... I can go ahead and use my pass. And but this no. is the easiest question. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, cool. All right, which emoji do you use the most? It would either be the thumbs up or the poop. Oh. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> it, it just depends on how I'm answering a question or responding. Yes. Have you ever so, used the thumbs up and the poop together? No, I'm I'm not a multiple emoji guy. Oh, gotcha. One emoji at yeah, a time. One, one and I'm done. He's a single emoji man. Yes, I am. Yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you, Christian, for joining us today. Thank you. On it was the my call. pleasure. You've been absolutely delightful. We appreciate hearing about your years in ministry as you have followed your calling. Each week, we will introduce you to members of the community who have followed their call to serve. I'm Dana Hornby. And this has been The Calling.